Hey guys, welcome to the Coffee Unleashed podcast. Uh, we are excited for another episode today uh, as we dive into uh, coffee business and everything in between. Uh, my name is Alec and I am your host, the co-owner and director of coffee at Indie Coffee Roasters. Uh, and we are excited today to have our good friend Brooke uh, with us. He's a regular at our shop as well as a, a business professional in the field and uh, just has some great uh, tactics to share with us today uh, as we dive into episode 15 of the podcast. Again, if you haven't uh, listened before, uh, make sure you go back and subscribe on uh, Google Play, uh, iTunes, or uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening from. Um, give us some love there and get notified about all new episodes coming up. Uh, we try to post as regularly as possible, so uh, there's some great content there uh, previously, uh, as well as uh, some new content coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so make sure and do that. Make sure and subscribe and uh, get involved. Um, if you have any topics that you specifically want to hear uh, or hear be uh, spoken about, or maybe you have a guest you'd love to have on on with us, uh, you can email us at hello at IndieCoffeeRoasters.com. Uh, give us an idea, uh, shoot us some information, or uh, just let us know uh, how much you've uh, loved the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So. As we uh, finish up, let's just dive right in, uh, get get over the boring stuff and dive right into uh, some great content today. Uh, again, uh, as I said, uh, we've got our good friend Brooke here with us. Um, so Brooke, share with us a little bit about what coffee you're enjoying uh, right now. Yeah, thanks, Alec. Um, actually, right now I'm sipping on some uh, Tanzanian. Am I saying that right? Um, I think so. <laughs> really delicious stuff. Uh, it's pretty new over here. I think it's been around for a couple days, um, but I'm really digging it. It's got some blackberry stuff going on, and uh, yeah, delicious. It is yummy. We agree. And that wasn't a paid spot, so um, that was all honesty. <laughs> Pure honesty. Uh, um, yeah, so Brooke, tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, and uh, some of your background um, and all of that. Yeah, so I'm actually an in insurance agent with Indiana Farm Bureau here in Indianapolis. I've um, been doing that for about two and a half years. Before that, I did some recruiting, um, so kind of a sales role, and I think I will be in a sales role going forward for, for a long time. Um, so for some reason, I'm just attracted to it. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, so what, a, what about sales makes you excited to wake up every morning and go and do that yeah honestly i enjoy people in general just meeting new people hearing stories um i don't necessarily get a big thrill about making you know presentations talking mm -hmm. about product um but i think just the different people that you can get in front of and, and hear their stories is the thing that excites me mm -hmm. um and i think ultimately you know whatever i'm selling is gonna help help people mm -hmm. um and i don't think i'll put myself in that spot where i'm you know ripping people off but mm -hmm. uh I think the goal is to help people and, and do that. So yeah. uh, all around it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for, um, you know, for smaller business owners, sales can be sometimes intimidating. Um, as we've said before, you know, sales um, with uh, a smaller business can sometimes be done by somebody who's not necessarily a sales professional um, or, uh, maybe they're the, the business owner um, or it's a manager or something like that. Um, so you shared about uh, making it about 
people and, and understanding people. And I think um, at least us in the coffee industry are very in tune with uh, that end of things. Um, so how do you, uh, you know, bridge that gap of, you know, serving the customer, but also asking something in return? How do you, you know, sort of bridge that? Yeah, I think honestly, one of the biggest ways to do it is asking questions, um, getting to know the needs of the people you're with. Because most of the time when you do that, you kind of uncover some some stuff they, they want or desire, and then you can kind of fill that gap for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather of telling them, hey, you need this thing, um, you know, most of the time they do desire it and want mm-hmm. it. It's just you know, kind of asking questions and uncovering that and getting to know what they what they like mm-hmm. um, and then kind of, uh, yeah, filling that gap. So um, there's no business that I know of that can't benefit from like sales and mm-hmm. sales training and things like that. I think people expect, oh, I work in coffee. I don't need to know sales. Mm-hmm. You would benefit yeah, from, sure. from sales. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the important key there is, um, is that idea of just having a conversation with people. Um, again, sales can feel, uh, I think there's a lot of obviously stereotypes tied with that, that, um, some people can have, you know, negative, uh, perceptions of what it could be, uh, or what someone is going to be doing. Um, and, uh, but I think that, uh, having a conversation and sitting down and doing that is a lot of the key to at least developing a relationship and figuring out from there, you know, what, uh, what you do moving forward. Um, so as far as practically goes and just practical steps, what, you know, if you have someone that maybe you received from someone, you know, that, um, is interested or slightly interested in what you have to offer, what is sort of your steps to uh, connect with them or, or get in touch or things like that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is reaching out and, and sitting down with them. Uh, I like to do it over coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the best way to go about it just because it takes away the, um, yeah, just kind of the facade people put up of I'm out behind a desk, you yeah. know, trying to present this thing that is maybe intimidating. It's just a conversation, like you said. Um, so getting to know them, what they're about, what they like, and then you can kind of go from there and mm-hmm. talk about, uh, you know, we're sitting down to talk about this today. Like, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, mm-hmm. There is definitely nothing wrong with asking. I yeah. think people are scared to to a- ask, um, you know, what do you think about this product? What do you think about purchasing this? Um, no's are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that I, I work with who actually look for no's. Their goal is to get, you know, 20 no's every week, um, which is, I think I can't do that. But, um, yeah, that's there's nothing wrong with asking, uh, asking questions. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, obviously from the sales internal side, you know, what you hear about all the time is conversion rate and uh, your leads and if they're hot leads or not and how well are you converting those over. How, how do you combat you know, the relational side with also the, you know, tactic, um, you know, number side of like, hey, you have goals from your superiors or whatever of, you know, this, this much conversion rate and maybe this many uh, calls made at a time or this many meetings set, you know, how do you, how do you wrestle with that along with the people side? 
Yeah, it is tough to separate. I mean, you definitely don't want to go around every day seeing a dollar sign over mm-hmm. everyone's head mm-hmm. and thinking of people as far as just a stream of income. Sure. Um, I, th- I think you do have to separate that in your mind of there's a business aspect to it and a friendship aspect to it. Um, and, you know, some in some businesses, you do really have to separate those entirely mm-hmm. and not get into it. But I think in general, just caring about the individual first um, and... You can ask if they want to purchase things. Um, you can educate them. I think that's a big aspect to it as well. Um, but just not get frustrated if they're not going to buy things because, you know, caring about friendship and relationships is first. And a lot of times you may convert that person way down the down the road a year from now, um, and it can be a big win then, but you've kept that relationship going um, in the meantime. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so how do you, uh, you know, for people that have done sales before, Closing the funnel is also another sort of uh, industry term um, that you don't want to obviously leave uh, too many things open-ended. So are there times where maybe you've gotten a no and you sort of put them to the side and just uh, sort of continually maintain a little bit of that relationship? Or um, are there moments, too, where you're like, okay, they're pretty strong. No, I need to not, you know, reach out to them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can definitely, um, you know, step off the gas pedal a little bit eventually, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, with, with any, any individual, but I think even just keeping your, your name in front of them mm-hmm. is still a good way to go about it. You know, you can set them up on a, a campaign email that sent out once a, once a month and it's not necessarily a call. It's not necessarily, you know, you're showing up at their doorstep asking mm-hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least they, they remember you. And maybe, like I said, a year from now, two years from now, they, um, you run into them and mm-hmm. there's the, they think, oh yeah, I've been seeing, you know, your name, your email mm-hmm. over the last uh, few years. And, um, we need to sit down and chat. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a, a long-term game. Um, you know, you're not planning on keeping the, the doors here at Indy open for just two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to think about mm-hmm. the, the long-term plan. Um, but at the same time, you do have to hustle a little bit and, mm-hmm. and convert those, uh, those low hanging fruit uh, mm-hmm. people pretty mm-hmm. quickly too. So, yeah. And I think that that's sort of the, that's the balance that we're finding just in our business in general is, um, you know, we, and I think for us, it's a lot of a numbers game is, uh, is um, not, it's almost like a quantity game. Like we have to, um, continually have people in our pipeline that, uh, we're getting in touch with because, um, obviously in coffee, uh, and in the, you know, the coffee industry, uh, if you are a coffee shop, you know, coffee is your main commodity. So switching that over isn't just a easy thing to, to move. Uh, you probably have a relationship built up with your current, uh, roasting relationship or, or something like that. So, um, it doesn't just work to, uh, get a no from them and, and then never reach out again. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously there are then, you know, for us, we've looked at saying, okay, we would love to be in coffee shops, but obviously there's only, there's a limited number of those, uh, in Indianapolis. Um, and many of which have a good relationship with other local roasters or things like that, which we don't want to, you know, battle, um, because we are on the same team. Um, but, uh, there are, you know, maybe other avenues, uh, more creative avenues to 
look at your product and how it could be implemented. Um, and, uh, you know, I think like you were talking about education wise, I think that that's where having a conversation with, uh, with some individual, uh, maybe there's another creative way that you can meet a need that may not be, you know, the typical need that you're trying to meet, you know, for us, it may not be, uh, beans on espresso and drip and, you know, they, they're exclusive with us. Mm-hmm. But, um, what we've been seeing too is, uh, just get our product in the door in some way. So, um, you know, if people are too nervous to uh, pull us exclusive, then, you know, pull us on drip for a month and just let let our product sort of speak for itself. Um, and so that's what I would sort of encourage is um, obviously our goal and, and a lot of sales goals is, is to be the exclusive at a given place. So, you know, for you, uh, from an insurance standpoint, the best is always when one household or something uses all the products you have to offer. Yep. Like that's the the best. Um, but they may, you know, have a relationship with someone who does their home or have a relationship with someone who does their life insurance or something. But you can get in a new product that maybe the, those people aren't filling their gap and then hopefully let that product in your customer service, you know, uh, went out from there. Um, so I would encourage other business owners, whether you own like a retail store or, uh, maybe you are doing sales or, um, you offer some type of service. Um, if there is someone you've really been trying to work on that, um, is hesitant, just try to meet them in a way to say, Hey, just try our stuff, you know, spend 50 bucks, 60 bucks on a bag of coffee and pull it out of your shop for a week and um, see what they say. If they hate it, then you're out 50 bucks and, you know, that's it. But we don't think, you know, that's going to happen. But I definitely think that um, we, and I mean, me personally has gotten discouraged when I don't get an exclusive, a fully exclusive spot Mm -hmm. Um, because it feels like somewhat of a letdown. But you know, we've really tried to shift that mindset and say, no, it's just, it just takes time. Like, and we understand that too, because at our shop, you know, it, it takes time to transition over, you know, when we have a new milk alternative or a new syrup maybe, or, you know, a new pastry or, you know, it's not just something where we're like, oh, sure, this you know, pastry company came in and we want to switch right now. It's like, we have a good relationship with our, with our vendor and, you know, we don't want to do that, you know, or, or it would take a lot, you know, to get that to happen. So, yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to like the confidence in your own stuff. Um, you're the expert. No one knows your stuff better than mm-hmm. you. Um, so if you can get that, the foot in the door and get, you know, them to try your beans, like long term, you should have confidence in your mm-hmm. stuff because you know it, you know better than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can keep educating them, keep telling them what's different about your your product. Um, but I think that's honestly the best when you can kind of get your foot in the door because you know, mm-hmm. okay, like I have confidence mm-hmm. in my staff and my product. Mm-hmm. Long term, we're gonna we're gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I think that that you know from a that's why I think from a business owner standpoint it can be so beneficial to be the main salesman, at least at the beginning, um, is no one is more passionate about your product slash probably knows your product more 
than you as the business owner or maybe you as the creator of the product. Um, I was chatting with Matt from Circle City Kombucha, and he he shared the same thing with their uh, sales transition and everything, and and this idea that you know he knew his product the best. You know, him and his internal team knew their product by far the best. Um, so to at the beginning, at least, to use them as sales was the best move. Um, and but what that did is it, it took time for them to obviously have continual confidence in their product. You know, at the beginning, they've continually improved over time. They believed in it then, but they obviously believe in their quality even more now. Um, and the same goes for for us. You know, uh, we believe in our in our product then, but we continually believe in it more and more as as it improves. Um, and you know. As a business owner, if you can't have confidence in your product that if it gets in the door, it's going to improve a business, then you've got to go back to the table and improve your product if you have that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that, like you were saying, from the from a sales end, you know, people can tell if you're just pushing a product you don't really believe in. Um, they can tell that you're not really about it or it doesn't really improve somebody's life or, you know, and you're just doing it for a paycheck that, you know, that happens. Um, and, uh, yeah. So share with me a little bit if, you know, if you are having to push something for people that aren't necessarily in charge of their product, having to push something that maybe they feel like could be improved. Uh, how do you handle that? You know, yeah, for, for you know any product that I think needs to be improved in some way, um, I think feedback is the biggest thing mm-hmm. I'd look for. Um, asking people, hey, what do you think about this? And if they give you negative feedback, oh, that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get back and we'll, we'll work on that. We'll make it better. Um, and then you can c- go back to that person and, and solve a problem for mm-hmm. them. Hey, we, we did this um, mm-hmm. because of what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think feedback is the biggest thing to look for in that area because if they give you good feedback, well, great. Like, what do you think about moving forward and, and, you know, purchasing this coffee or this product? Um, but you can kind of play off of that feedback, whether it's positive or negative, Mm -hmm. because it's going to ultimately help you. Um, so. Yeah. And I think for people that again, aren't traditionally in sales, you know, feedback can feel negative or can feel like (laughs) depressing or, um, but I think from talking with a lot of people that are in that industry, you guys are very resilient as far as all of that. And I think it comes from having confidence in what you're offering as well as confidence that, you know, one no doesn't mean that your product is crap or, you know, it's not any good or, or you as a salesman aren't doing your job. Um, it's just they're not ready to make that move right now. Um, and, uh, you know, because I, I can even get in that in that mode of, you know, sending, sending out 20 emails in a, a day and, you know, getting three responses, two of which are no, and one is let's have a meeting, you know, um, that can feel, uh, feel sometimes like wasted time, but you know that uh, you're planting a seed, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and trying, but... Uh, what do you do to combat that, like, mental, you know, not depression, but sort of, like, that yeah. mental, like, fight of, like, man, I got five calls in 
all of them were get the crap out of here. Yeah, I, I wish there was some, you know, magical answer. Um, but a lot of it is you do just have to have a short memory. Uh, mm-hmm. When someone says no, you just got to kind of go on to the next one and just be in that mental state of mind of, of grinding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other aspect to it is celebrating the wins and the mm-hmm. yeses. Um, even though, you know, you might reach out to 20 people and one reaches back, well, let's celebrate that yeah. one. And let's talk about how we can make that the best experience for the client and, and for you um, and then kind of build on that. Um, so I think, yeah, short memory, celebrate the wins and, and kind of get, uh, get the ball rolling there and get some momentum. And then maybe uh, you reach out to 20 people today, maybe reach out to 25, and that becomes two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a numbers game, like mm-hmm. you said, so you just got to kind of play that game and, and have a short memory. Um, mm-hmm. One of my uh, old coaches when I was younger, um, it's kind of a cheesy uh, line of advice, but he would always say, you need to lie, cheat, and steal every day. Mm-hmm. That sounds bad, but he was saying, uh, lie and tell yourself you have the best product out there. Mm-hmm. There may be a better coffee mm-hmm. roaster somewhere mm-hmm. in the world. He's been doing it for you know thirty plus years mm-hmm. and have a lot of experience, but you can't you know let that kind of mm-hmm. sneak in your mind. You you have the best product, and then cheat. Um, you gotta get in early, stay late, mm-hmm. um, send reach out to more people to get ahead. Mm-hmm. That kind of a thing. And then the steal aspect to it um, is steal other people's ideas. Mm-hmm. He talked to someone who was selling kombucha, um, sounds like last mm-hmm. week, taking some of the ideas that he had, mm-hmm. testing them out, see if they work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you know those ideas may be from other roasters, other sales methods they're using. Some of it might be from an insurance agent, things like that. But taking things that work for other people and plugging them into what mm-hmm. you're doing. Um, I think is, is a good way to see success as well. So, um, yeah, lie, cheat, and steal, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I love, you know, I think vulnerability is a big thing from uh, even what you've been sharing a little bit, vulnerability with your customers for asking feedback and, you know, that type of stuff, as well as, you know, for me, um, from a sales end and, and sort of leading our our sales as we go into 19 with our team is uh, I'm just asking questions like I'm excited to be on this episode with you because I can you know I'm taking notes you know mental notes writing stuff down and um, I think that you know sometimes uh, business owners we can tend to be prideful a little bit to think that you know we don't need help or or uh, we don't need help from other people in our industry or maybe other people in um, another area, you know, another industry that could maybe help. Um, but, you know, I know a weakness for me just because I haven't had experiences, um, experience in sales. I mean, it's not something I've had to do or, or, or something I've had to do for a long time. So learning that from people who are seasoned in that area um it's definitely something that gets me excited and, and I'm not afraid to do that, but, um, I think that that can be something that gets in the way a little bit of, of some people is, um, they don't want to ask for help or they don't want to, um, they don't want to work with anybody else cause you know, they, it makes them feel weak or, or something. And, um, I think that vulnerability is, is insanely important. Um, you've got to get over like, if you want your business to grow, you got to get over that pride thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and if you want to grow as an individual, or or maybe you're not, you don't necessarily own a business, but um, you're a barista, or you're a retail manager, or you know you uh, work in another avenue where you have bosses. Like, 
um, you know, talk to your boss and ask for feedback. Like, what can I do better uh, compared to what I did last month? You know, I'm really trying to improve in these areas. What what things can I do better? Or are there any resources I can get to, you know, do that better? Or um, and that vulnerability, I think, is insanely contagious, too. Um, that's what I've seen from talking with you and some other people as well is um uh, you guys ask them feedback as well from from us as far as what you guys can do better and um i don't know that that word just kept coming back to me it's like having a uh you know being sort of open uh but also having a little bit of tough skin to know that even if you get no's like you're saying your product is still the best Mm -hmm. you know whether it is actually the best from, you know, some people may be listening and they may have highest rated whatever product in the area, and that's great. But even if it's not, what you do is the best, and it's a matter of sharing that with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah, and there's, there's ups and downs in mm-hmm. sales no matter what industry you're in. Just uh, having the lows not be as low and the mm-hmm. highs not be as high. Um, it is a big deal to make it through um, mm-hmm. and having a support system I mean the staff downstairs for you I think is a big deal um, to just kind of back you up because you can't just be on an island mm-hmm. selling stuff and if you know you sell stuff and this place succeeds if you don't it doesn't mm-hmm. you know that's that's not the pressure you want mm-hmm. um, so having people behind you that are going to encourage you when when things aren't maybe going as well because I mean there really are in any industry there are going to be months um, you know where Maybe you struggle, and mm-hmm. maybe that's a time where you're getting your process better and refining your product, and then there's going to be months that are really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just kind of building on those two things and having, you know, uh, like vulnerability mm-hmm. um, in those times where maybe things aren't going mm-hmm. as well to mm-hmm. improve things and ask questions and find out, hey, why is this Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and then using that to, to build momentum. So Yeah, and it's that continual improvement on what you're doing, like... Um, you know, not giving up just because, you know, and like you're saying, in a, in a lower season maybe of sales where you're a little less busy, then ask for feedback from your current clients or, or fine-tune the processes that are happening um, and figure out how you can get better uh, in that season where maybe it's a little bit slower. Um, and I think that support system uh, that you were sharing about and celebrating wins is really important. Um it's something that we've tried to do a lot, especially as, as I'm uh, a part of uh, four people leading a staff, um, is when we do really well, being transparent with that and like sharing with them that, you know, these things are going really well. And then for me, sort of specifically, you know, when I get three meetings set up, you know, in a week or four meetings or whatever, or get a bunch of emails back that are people interested, I try to share that with, you know, our partners and just say, hey, you know, we got four, five meetings set up this week. I just wanted to let you know that um, people are excited about the product. And that that helps to get excited when those yeses come back and then the noes feel a little less important mm-hmm. um, or... Uh, it's a little more exciting to drive past those a little bit. Um, and there's, you know, there's weeks for us where 
I have no meetings and I'm just <laughs> driving around trying to, you know, get people to let me in the door. Uh, but I mean, then there's weeks like this where we have, you know, five, six, seven in a row and a lot of people excited about, about it. So, um, I think celebrating the wins and, you know, um, learning from the nose are really important, um, to not fall into a depression of sales, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I know, uh, again, it's that whole silo mentality. You can't work inside a silo to where, um, you know, you're not, uh, you're not excited about what you're doing anymore, or you never celebrate when you do good things and you only get depressed when things don't go right. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that I think all of that stuff is important for people to to hear and and important for them to really understand in order to to grow um, grow their product really well. Um, are there any uh, last things you wanted to share before we? Yeah, I think on? just going back to that support system. Um, you know, if you're a business owner doing things on your own um, right now and you don't have necessarily a team behind you. Um, just finding like whether it's an advisory board or someone to uh, to kind of have your back um, and that you can share wins and losses with, I think is is a good thing to do. Um, and also maybe stopping into coffee roasters, grab, mm-hmm. grab a coffee, get some uh, encouragement there. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got for you. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know we've done some stuff where you know even we we create some like Facebook groups or we have like a, a Slack channel. Um, of coffee roasters that we just uh, share and talk and it's very exclusive to people in the coffee roasting community Mm -hmm. and so it's it's available to people that wrestle with the same things that we wrestle with we can be very vulnerable with people that understand you know what we are going through so whatever industry you're in if they don't have that yet i would encourage you to start it uh, to create some type of community um, around people in your industry that you feel like you can be open with um, and vulnerable with because it is hard sometimes to do that with people that aren't necessarily in the same day to day because they may not understand why this stinks and this doesn't mm-hmm. um, but you know don't let don't let it be an excuse to not if you're not in an area where they may have a networking group or or something like that um, but I just encourage you to find those and go to them if they have them. Uh, go to it the first couple of times. It's awkward and, and whatever, but you know, fight through that and be vulnerable in those settings, um, and you'll get a lot of strength, I think, from it. Um, as well as if you have the opportunity, you know, maybe you're working in an industry where there's someone who's been in it for a long time. You know, pick their brain. I know I love it when people sit down with me and, and ask, how can I improve? Or, or you do this for, um, this well, how can I get better at this? Or, um, you know, maybe you're seasoned in a certain area. How can, how can that help? Um, seek that out. Don't be afraid to, you know, run after that. Uh, cause the person's going to be excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hopefully both learn pretty well from that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's sales, 101 you know everybody knows everything yeah (laughs) we know it all um now i hope that that uh hopefully encouraged you guys a little bit 
as you run through the grind of, of uh, selling your product, uh, know that it's not not intimidating, uh, but it can be exciting and, and meeting new people and, and meeting people's needs is always something we want to do, uh, especially in the coffee industry. We're trying to serve uh, our community. Um, so continue to look at it that way. Continue to look at selling your product that way. Um, and uh, you'll continue to meet great people and uh, meet a lot of meet a lot of needs. So thanks again, Brooke, for being here. Uh, we're happy always to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been fun. Um, so, yeah, like we said, that was episode 15 of the Coffee Unleashed podcast. Uh, we publish new episodes um, at least once every two weeks. And uh, we are excited for what's going to be coming up. Uh, in 2019, we're going to be doing uh, some regular showcases. So you guys will be able to meet some people that uh, have been a part of our uh, customer base for a while. So and hear their perspective and and all of that. Um, as well as a little bit of a deeper dive into some uh, other business tactics and uh, what's going on in the coffee industry. So like we said, make sure and subscribe to the podcast um, on any of those platforms, Spotify, Google Play, or, or iTunes, um, and share this episode if, uh, if it meant something to you. Uh, we always love the support. Again, email hello at IndieCoffeeRoasters.com if you'd like to uh, have your questions answered or maybe a topic uh, shared about. We would love to hear it. Um, and uh, if you are interested in serving Indie Coffee Roasters coffee, uh, we would love that as well. Uh, email uh, that email also, hello at IndieCoffeeRoasters.com, and you can get um, some amazing, uh, even Tanzanian coffee, uh, in your business or office or, or whatever it may be. Maybe you want five pounds for your house because you love coffee so much. We'd love to make that happen. Um, again, thanks so much for listening, guys, and remember to always enjoy your coffee unleashed.